Welcome to the Leaps of Faith podcast. I'm your host, Marissa Coleman. I'm so glad you're here. Whether this is an interview with an active member of the church, an ex-Mormon, or anyone in between, remember to be curious and to create space in your heart and mind. We are here to bridge the divide between us. Now, let's get to the interview. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Leaps of Faith podcast. I am here with Alyssa Guerin. Um, She shares her life on Instagram as a mom, her real life moments. She's got 38,000 followers. Um, She's got an amazing online presence. And I'm just so happy to have you here today, Alyssa. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here, too. Yeah, we've got some, some great stuff we can we can discuss. So Alyssa, first, um, can you tell us about yourself now? Like, tell us about your family, where you're living, what you're up to. So I I was actually born and spent my childhood in New York City till I was about eight or nine years old. And we moved back here to Utah, um, where my parents were from. So I'm, I'm a New York baby with, but raised in Utah. Well, a lot of times when people don't like my personality, I'm like, well, I was born in the Bronx, so just get used to it. Um, I love that. Yeah, I married my junior high sweetheart. We met in junior high and never got away from each other. We both served LDS missions. And when we got back, we got married and kind of just went from there. We had four kids in four years. And oh, wow. Yeah, I was just pregnant for five years straight. <laughs> that is impressive. It, it was good. We wanted to be done by the time we were 30. And we started having kids when I was 25. And I was done by the time I was 30. So it was good. It was quick and fast. And now we're just raising our four kids. And I feel like I have four kids that are all the same age. But they're all in different stages of life. But we sure. we love it. It was awesome. Um, yeah, we've moved 15 times. We finally bought a house last year. We're kind of in a house now for a minute until wherever God takes us next. So we're just kind of playing it by ear for now, but we we love the beach. So if I could get back to the beach, I'd head back. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, I I grew up in Utah, but I I live in Washington now near the coast and Oh, yeah. Um, I am I am in love with the water for sure. So yeah, hopefully you'll be able to make your way that way sometime. We'll see. I don't know. We're kind of, we, I mean, we met in Pleasant Grove and we're back in Pleasant Grove. So we'll see if we ever leave. <laughs> that is so great. And I just have to say, my mom did the exact same thing as you, except she started having kids at 30 and finished by 35 and cranked out four of us. And yeah. there's, there's something wonderful about, you know, all your kids kind of going through these phases of life together. Um so I'm, I'm hoping you're seeing a lot of a lot of the positive sides of that because that that can be really fun. Yeah, it's fun. My boys are 16 months apart. They're my older ones, and my girls are a year and two weeks apart. So wow. I have my two boys and two girls, and they're all best friends. And it's fun. It's crazy, but you just do it. You you know, I always say you load your handcart and you just get on the trail and you just go. So I love that. We're just what loading everything attitude. up and doing it. That's wonderful. And can I ask kind of what ages are your kids right now? Are they still like little? Yes. They're little mid, I don't know. So I have a nine, eight, and then my girls are turning six and five. Oh, wow. So yeah. fun. That's like, 
that is a prime age right there of just fun and cuteness and independence. That's it that's is. Wonderful. It, it's interesting. It's fun. This is the first year since we've moved a lot. This is the first year they've ever done activities. So I'm like running around with my head cut off because we're doing <laughs> soccer, football, dance, piano, guitar, all the things. And every day is something new. So it's a little chaos, chaotic, but it's fine. But now you could be a professional chauffeur. I know. I feel like I'm in my car 24 <laughs> seven. Oh, well, that's so wonderful. Yeah. Okay. That's a little bit about me. It's a little crazy, but it's good. It's all good things. That's wonderful. And then does your husband work and do you, do you manage the kids on Instagram or what? Yeah. What so my husband works, he does anesthesia and he works in Denver. So he's gone most of the week, um, but he's here on the weekends. Uh, for right now, we're just trying to save up a little bit of money. So he's kind of working super hard. Um, and I do photography. So I've done photography for about 15 years and I kind of have slowed down a lot because my husband now has a career and I don't have to put him through school. Um, but I still, I do photography and I do Instagram and I've, I kind of just dabble in things. I've ran people's Instagrams for them. Um, but I've kind of slowed up a little bit and yeah, I just kind of try to do everything, which is never a good thing, but just keeping myself busy. Well, that I think that's fun that you get to try lots of different things. Yeah. I mean, why not? Why not sample everything while we're here on earth, right? Totally. <laughs> I love it's that. fun. I, I love keeping busy. I do love photography. I love Instagram. Like I love connecting with people and helping people out. So it's fun. It's a lot, but it's good. That's great. Yeah. So, okay. So now we have, you know, a good picture of who you are right now. Can you kind of take us back in time through your, you know, your upbringing, your young adult years, all of that, and, and kind of walk us through your own personal faith journey. Um, mm -hmm. Were you, you were raised in the church, is that right? Yeah. So I was raised in the church by a pretty, um, pretty intense LDS family. My dad has always had a high calling in the church. Um, from a young age, he was always doing something. He, when we lived in New York city, he taught seminary in our house. Uh, we lived in the top part of the house and he taught seminary in the bottom half, um, as well as was in the young men presidency. And then when we moved back to Utah, he immediately, he was in his probably mid thirties and he got put as a, um, BYU bishop. And that kind of started like his journey in all the calling. So I grew up with a dad that was bishop um, in the state presidency, the majority of my junior high and high school. Um, and then he went on to be like MTC president, young single adult, stake president, mission president. So I've, I've come from a very strong LDS family and I I grew up very, very active. Um, just going, I mean, doing all the things, right? Back in the day, you know, we had like activities, I feel like every single day. Um, but I feel like I was super close with my ward family. I loved young women's. I, I really thrived in trying hard to be what I was taught to be. Um, 
and yeah, I never, I never struggled with the church, but I've, I've always kind of lived my religion, how I want to live my religion. Um, and that's kind of been my theme my whole life. I, I think back to when I, I, I served a mission and I served in the, my mission was the Oakland, San Francisco mission at the Oakland Temple Visitor Center, Spanish speaking. It's oh, kind wow. of a long thing. So How Oakland, neat. San Francisco mission, Oakland Temple Visitor Center, Spanish. There we go. I said it right. <laughs> um, and I loved my mission. I absolutely loved it, adored it. I love my companions. I'm my best friends right now are some of my companions. And I talk to them probably, I would say once a week, maybe sometimes a couple times a week. Um, but I lived it and I, I did my mission how I wanted to live and do my mission. I had very intense uh, mission president, a very intense mission president and his wife. Um, they were in their like late thirties when they got called to be mission presidents. They had young kids. She ended up getting pregnant, my mission president's wife while they were serving. Wow. Um, yeah. And they, they were, they were very, very intense. Um, they were intense on how we dressed. They were intense on how we talked and served as most mission presidents were, but I feel like it was a little bit more intense than normal. Um, I remember some like one of my companions telling me I my dress wasn't appropriate and I was like I can wear whatever I want to wear <laughs> kind of an attitude like God doesn't love me less from what if my dress is a little bit above my knees um but I because I think because I had that attitude I really loved my mission um because I lived my religion how I wanted to live I wasn't stuck in this box of how I had to do things or what to do. I chose how I wanted to live it and kept with my relationship with God. Um, fast hey. forward though. Or yeah. do you have a question? Oh, yeah. I just wanted to say, I just, I love your, your confidence and you know, your, um, your focus on your, your own personal relationship with God. I think that's so healthy and, and so beautiful. So sorry. Yeah. I just wanted to know you're good. Keep going. Yeah. It, I don't know. I think like, I feel like there's a lot of times in religion where we can be weird about things, but we don't necessarily need to be weird and we can just be normal and be ourselves and have that one-on-one -on -one, again, one-on-one -on -one relationship with God. Um, but after, I mean, after my mission, my husband and I, we got married in the temple and we, we've stayed active. Um, the last three years, I feel like, have been the most transitional for me in my life, um, spiritually. I feel like I'm closer with the Savior now than I've ever been, and um, and that was sparked by a lot of a lot of things, which we can totally dive into. But right now, in religion and spirituality, I feel like I'm closer again with the savior than I've ever been in my entire life. And I live my religion, how I want to live my religion. And I live spiritually and I'm more connected with Jesus Christ on a personal level than I've ever been. I'm not doing it for my dad. I'm not doing it for my mom. I'm not doing it for my family. I'm not doing it for what all my leaders taught me growing up. I'm doing it for me and for God and nothing else matters ever. Oh, that is just incredible. And yeah. I, I mean, 
And it makes so much sense because, you know, when it comes down to it, you know, that's, that's who you, you know, who you believe you'll stand before in the last days is, you know, or at the judgment, at judgment day is, you know, you'll stand before God and it'll just be, you know, you two and Jesus Christ, of course, is your advocate. And, um, so I love that you, you already have that attitude now and you're just, you know, fully accountable for, for your choices and your decisions. And, and that's, you know, what you base it all off of. I think that's beautiful. Yeah. And it wasn't an overnight thing. It's, like, I've always lived my religion how I wanted to live, but the last three years, I'm like, okay, I'm going to pull, like, I'm taking the reins. I'm going to control my spirituality and what I believe in and my relationship with Jesus Christ. Because that's all that matters. No one else matters. I don't care what Joe Schmo thinks or Karen <laughs> down the street. Like, I'm going to live this how I want to live it. And if I feel like I want to get a tattoo, I'm going to get a tattoo because that's what I want. And God doesn't care. He still loves me. And he wants me to return with him in the end. And that's all that matters. Oh, that's amazing. So and now tell me, tell me a little bit more about these past three years. Do you have any, you know, experiences that come to mind, like faith promoting experiences you'd want to share um, or anything like that? Um, let's see. <laughs> um, Maybe it's a big can of worms, but any, anything you're is, willing or interested in sharing. Yeah. So my parent, oh, I feel like the last three years, I feel like the last, let's say five years has been interesting for the world in general. That's I've true. had, <laughs> I've had almost all of my friends leave the church in the last five years. The majority of my close friends that I was friends with. Um, so I feel like it's been a big faith transition for a lot of people. And it, it's all of us in our 30s, right? We turned 35 years ago and we're all just like, okay, what what do I really believe in and where am I going? What's going on? Right. Um, and I feel like that kind of started happening. Like, do I like, what do I believe in? Why am I doing what I'm doing about probably about five years ago, I would say. Um, then my parents left on a mission as mission presidents. And that kind of like, it was like, it was great for a lot of reasons and great for a lot of things, but it also was really, really hard on my family. Um, super hard on my siblings, super hard on our family and my parents, they had the best mission in the entire world and they were the best mission presidents, but it was hard for them to leave all of us kids here and having them come back and transitioned into normal life and all of us kind of in shambles a little bit, trying to figure out our lives too. I feel like that was a key point in trying to figure out, okay, why am I doing what I'm doing? Is it because of my parents? Am I, am I doing church because my parents have taught me to do church my whole life? Or am I doing the word of wisdom because that's just what I've been told? Or what exactly is the word of wisdom? So about three years ago, I kind of just like dove head in into like, let's keep talking about the word of wisdom, dove head into the word of wisdom. Why is the word of wisdom the way it is? Where did it come about? Who said it? Where's the doctrine? And I dove head in and then learned as much as I could about the word of wisdom. Okay, why am I choosing to keep the word of wisdom? 
Why am I choosing to not keep the word of wisdom? What do I want to take from the word of wisdom? Okay, so I learned everything I could about that. Then the next was garments, right? Why am I wearing my garments? Did I really make a covenant to wear my garments? And I just dove so hard into that. Um, and what came from that was I wear my garments not out of like obligation to wear my garments. I wear my garments because I choose to wear my garments. I never... And I, I, I say this hopefully with not offending anybody, but, or somebody will probably disagree with me, but, um, as I've dove into garments specifically, like I never, I haven't been able to find a place in the temple where we covenant to wear our garments. We're promised blessings to wear our garments, but we're, we never covenant to wear them. Um, and that was really huge for me when I realized like the five covenants that I made in the temple um, were between me and God, but I never covenanted to wear my garments. We're just promised blessings and we're promised to remember Jesus Christ and to take upon him. So now I just wear them when I want to feel the savior. I put them on and I think of God rather than like, Oh, I have to put on my garments and it's so freaking hot outside and I'm going to die and I'm going to sweat. No, I put them on and I think of the savior and it's more meaningful for me now than it's ever been. Oh, wow. That is so cool. What a neat way to, you know, find your own, you know, your own way within, within the church. That's really cool. It's been interesting. I mean, you go to like, even like piercings and tattoos and why are we doing, why are we doing things a certain way? Because we've been taught it or because we want to live it. Right. Because there's a huge difference. Like, are we just doing it because that's just what we've always been taught and that's what we've been told to do? Or are we doing it because we want to be that way? Right. And yeah. yeah, And I think, you know, you have to get to that point, you know, where you decide that you're doing, I feel like everyone hits that at some point where it's like, am I doing this for me or am I doing this? Yeah. For for my young women's leaders or for my parents or, you know, for whatever, whoever has the expectation for me. Um, yeah. So that's, that is really cool. Um, and I was going to ask, um, so have you ran into any, um, judgment? Because I know that there's a lot, you know, there's so many things in the church that are, that can be seen outwardly, you know, like, Mm -hmm. like if you're, holding a coffee, you know, or if you're, uh, you have a tattoo or an extra piercing, or, you know, if you're wearing clothing that would not cover the garment, like people are very quick to, to notice and to judge. And have you run into any instances like that when you maybe haven't been wearing the garment? Like a million times. Oh, really? (laughs) Tell me more. That's been a lot of my posts least like recently too, like on Instagram has been about, like, I've kind of dove into posting more um religious i stayed away from religious posts because you offend everybody sure. whether it's good or bad right kind of slowly dabbled in it and everyone gets offended every single person whether it's good or bad gets offended um but one of my biggest ones that got like a lot of attention says i'm not mormon enough for the mormons and i'm not non-mormon enough for the non-mormons Cause that's how I truly feel like my friends that are non-Mormon are like, why are you still in the church? 
And my friends that are in the church are like, why would you ever leave the church? And I'm in this constant battle where I'm getting judged whether I'm too Mormon or not, like not Mormon. I don't know. It's this weird, weird thing. But I, I also posted a, another reel that was like, what you see on Instagram is my Instagram. You don't see my personal life. Like you see me posting a tank top when like yesterday I posted, I went to a party. Right. And then I was like in a little spaghetti dress, but no one knows that I took that dress off and put my garments on and put clothes on and went to the party. But on the Instagram post, you see that I'm in a little spaghetti strap. So people are quick to judge, but they really don't know your personal life. They really don't know what's going on personally or how often you do wear your garments or how often you don't. We had a circumstance the other day where someone got upset with me about not wearing my garments. And we were like, you're assuming that I'm not wearing my garments right now. And she said, yeah. And I've lifted up my pant leg and I have my garments on. And she was like, oh, oh, okay. Oh my goodness. <laughs> like, and so there are, there are a lot of judgments, but that's when you, go screw you like I'm living my religion for my religion and I'm living my spirituality between me and Jesus Christ and me and God and you got to get to a point where you just have to like forget everybody else because really it doesn't matter no one else's opinions matter and if they want to judge me they can judge me as much as they want but like how do you know that my chai tea or my coffee in my hand isn't just like chocolate milk Right. You know what I mean? Like you really don't know, or that I have a vanilla bean frap from Starbucks, but you're just assuming that it's coffee because it's from Starbucks. Right. You know what I mean? Or <laughs> I went to Vegas and we're all holding drinks in our hands. Like little do you know that like they're virgin or one of them, the girls that has a drink in the hand is pregnant. Like, of course we're not sitting there. Like she's not drinking this like alcoholic drink. You know what I mean? Like, right. There's just so many people are just so quick to just dive into judgment when you really are just judging off of pictures or I don't even know. Yes. And judgment that you've been taught. (laughs) Right. Right. And it just, it drives me crazy because it's just, I mean, Christ himself was the one that taught us, you know, that's not our place to judge, you know, as humans. Mm -hmm children of God, we are not to judge others. And so it's just, it's crazy to me how much judgment, you know, I see in both the, the Mormon and the ex-Mormon community and you as more of a, more of a nuanced member, you're seeing judgment from both sides, which is just so tragic. It's the craziest thing. But I mean, and my tat going to like tattoo is like, I, I mean, I know I get judged instantly, but like, I don't even care anymore. Like I, my two tattoos that I just got are temples. I got the, no way. Yeah, that I is got, so cool. Yeah, I got the temple we got married in on one arm, and then I got the temple I served my mission in on, in on the other arm. And like, yeah. And you know what? This is the craziest thing is that I have had so many great conversations with people. What are those? Oh, those are LDS temples. Have you ever seen an LDS temple? Yeah, well, that's what I believe in. You know, like the Mormons, the Church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints. Yeah, that's what I'm a member of. And that's where I served my mission. And I loved it. And it had a huge impact on my life. So it's not all bad things. Right. Like, 
I loved my mission. I love temples. I love Jesus Christ. I love God. And just because I have tattoos doesn't mean I'm not an active LDS member. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So do you find yourself interacting with a lot of people who are both Mormon and ex-Mormon? Or do you have one of those? Is is your circles mostly members of the church or is it mostly non-members or a good mix? Um, completely mixed. My closest friend, well, I don't know. I've both. Both. <laughs> like 100% both because I, some of my best friends are non-members and ex-members and then some of my best friends are like crazy active Mormon members. Wow, so you see quite a spectrum. Yeah. So when you're talking with these friends, how do you navigate the differences and similarities between beliefs and experiences of members of the church and ex-Mormons? That's a good question. A lot of times I go back to like a moment with one of my best friends who is not a member um, or ex-member, I guess you can say. And she, at one point, this was years ago, but she wanted to tell me what she had learned and wanted to have a conversation about it. And at that point in my life, I was like, not like, I didn't really care to hear anything negative about the church. And I was like, look, I'm really happy. And when I'm ready to hear those things, I'll come to you and ask you about it. But for right now, like, I'm really happy where I'm at in my religion. Mm -hmm. And, and they respect that. Like, I like when I'm ready to like hear things about the church or when I'm ready to know things, I'll come to you. But right now I'm happy. And so yeah. I'm going to keep going with what I believe in. And not that I wouldn't be happy outside the church. I know I would be happy outside of the church. But right now I'm happy in the church. And I'm like, I really hope, like, I don't know that the church is true. That's a bold statement. I don't know. But I really hope that it's true. And I'm going to live my life like it's true. Because I really hope that it's true. I hope that all of it's true. I want it to be true. And I'm going to live like it's true. Because I, I hope and I yearn for being with my family forever. And seeing Jesus Christ. And having my sins be washed clean. But going back to those conversations. Like with my friends that are really, really strong Mormon. Like they don't judge me for where I'm at either. And I really, I love that. Like my friends, friends, a lot of Mormons will judge me, but like my friends, they know me and they know my spirit and they know that we're at a good place. Wow. I, I love your humility and your just so much faith, like being able to say, you know, like, I don't know that it's true, but I hope it is. And I'm going to live, you know, with that hope and live in that way. And I just, I just think that's beautiful. Um, I do have to say though, like, I'm not perfect too. And like, we skip church here and there and we have a family tradition of going to Sonic and getting a drink on Sunday because <laughs> that's what we like to do. And I, like, I'm not perfect in the LDS general rules, but I, I'm pretty perfect with my relationship with Jesus Christ and Heavenly Father. And we talk all the time. I love scripture. I love prayer. And as long as I, I feel like when I'm living the doctrine of Jesus Christ, 
then I feel like I'm in line with Jesus Christ. All the other stuff is like fluff and extra and guidelines and helpful tips and tricks, you know, to get you through life. But when we live the doctrine of Jesus Christ, I feel like then we're in line with him and with our Heavenly Father. Oh, that's so great. Yeah, just the those core principles. Because mm-hmm. it's super simple. We make it so freaking complicated and we add all these extra things. When really Jesus was like, hey, if you have faith and repent, get baptized and have the Holy Ghost and endure to the end, you're fine. Right. Really, that's all that matters. You're fine. And guess what? You can repent all the time. Let's just try our best. Let's love each other. All the other stuff doesn't matter. So as long as we're living those core five things and just enduring, right? We're just like, keep going and don't, I think we're going to be okay. (laughs) Yeah. And that's something that I loved about my time in the church was that, that upward progression you know, you're, you're always, you know, that process of exercising faith and repentance, um, is a beautiful cycle of, you know, building yourself into a better, more Christ-like person. And I think that that does make the the doctrine of Christ so beautiful. Totally. I need to start picking a word other than beautiful because I've used it like 80 times. <laughs> but it is beautiful. It's it a beautiful is. thing. It is. Yes. <laughs> Um, so has, when you, you know, when you talked about all of your friends leaving a few years ago, did it change your relationship with them at all? Has staying in the church when everyone else left, um, affected that? I think my first friend who left the church, she was my mission companion. Hopefully she's fine. Me talking about this. She probably won't listen to this. So it's fine. Gotcha. If I post about it, she'll just be like, oh, listen, talking about religion. (laughs) Um, but when she left, she told me and I was devastated. I thought it was the end of the world. I was like, how is this possible? And I probably didn't, I think I tried to act normal and I was like, oh, good for you. But I was like, oh my gosh, how is this even like, how can she do this? Um, but that was like, probably 10 that was probably like eight years ago but then after that when people started leaving the church I was like oh they have their agency oh (laughs) okay this isn't a like leave it or beat it you know like okay I can see where they're coming from Mm -hmm. and everybody has their I've had friends leave the Mormon religion or the LDS religion for tithing for the ces letter for joseph smith for feminine rights for like i've had friends leave for every reason under the sun um and i now i can hear them out and i listen to them and i can see why they feel the way that they do with no judgments at first i feel like i would have been this weird judgy person Mm -hmm. um but thank goodness that we evolve right and we can become better people and lose that judgment and when people judge me now I'm like oh they'll like they'll come not that they'll come around but like this is their religion this is everything to them so then I'm judging them for judging me on something that they full-heartedly believe in if that makes sense Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's been, Uh, it's been an interesting road to see people leave and come back or stay gone or stay in. It's all, yeah, all a path. It is. It is. That's, I mean, that's, that's the key here is that we all have our own journey and every, every journey is valid and deserves to be heard and, and appreciated because yeah, it's, it's not easy being human. (laughs) No, not at all. (laughs) We're just trying our best here. We are, we are. Um, so can you talk about any misconceptions or stereotypes associated with members of the church or ex-Mormons that you've encountered? What I think of just right off the bat is that like, because I have tattoos, I'm not active. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. I was in release society the other, probably like a few months ago. And someone brought up that like, there, I don't know, a story about someone that had tattoos and their husband went up to the girl to teach her about the church. And she was like, oh, I'm actually a member. And how stupid he felt because he was like, oh, I was judging her because she had tattoos, but she was actually an active member of the church. <laughs> I just, <laughs> <must have> yeah. <laughs> but like, but we, we do that mm-hmm. when we see people not wear their garments or when we see people have tattoos or multiple piercings and instantly we're like, oh, they're not they're not active where right. we don't like I don't know this day and age like it really doesn't matter I we moved from Florida and in Florida you have everybody you know every right shape size color tattoos not ta- like everything and no one really bats an eye at it we I and I think of like we were in New York City this spring and my husband and I were just in like jean shorts and t-shirts and I wanted to show my boys the church and it was Sunday and my husband's like, we can't go in there because like, um, because church is going on and we're not dressed appropriately. And I'm like, dude, it doesn't matter. We're going into church. So we went into the church and everybody was like in jeans and t-shirts. Oh, and wow. as we as we like walk, not everybody, but like there was a lot of people that weren't dressed up in like suits and ties. And when we walked out, he was like, "My husband said I thought I was going to feel uncomfortable, but then like we fit right in." <laughs> like I told you, I told you, like <laughs> no one cares. Like I feel like here in Utah, it's a little bit harder because we are more judgmental in Utah, especially Utah County. Like there is a culture here, unfortunately. Um, but you walk in, if I walked in in jeans and a t-shirt in church on Sunday, thousand percent, I'd be judged by at least a couple people, you know, like, mm-hmm. what am I doing? Where did I come from? Maybe I'm not, I'm not like, if I walked into a ward that didn't know me and I walked in in a tank top and jeans and my tattoos are showing and my multiple piercings are showing, someone's going to be like, oh, I wonder if she's an inactive member. Oh, right. I wonder if she's converting. No, I'm an active member. I'm just coming to church how I want to come to church. But I feel like we're just a little bit quick to judge. (laughs) Yeah. Unfortunately. But nowadays, I mean, everyone's getting tattoos and everyone's getting piercings. So I hope the judgment slowly starts fading off and we can slowly start accepting people for who they are and how they are now. Yes. I love that. Yeah. Yeah totally agree. Um, 
have you run into, you know, when you're, you're talking with active members of the church and with ex members of the church, have you run into any challenges or, um, like awesome opportunities, um, from any of these interactions? Um, yes. Yes. And no, like I have really good conversation. I'm like a weird person where if we go to lunch, I'm going to dive in deep and I'm going to be like, so what do you believe in? I love (laughs) that. I'm not, I'm not a surface level person and all of my friends can probably testify to that. It's like, I think of a few years ago when I was with a bunch of my girlfriends and one of them wasn't wearing her garments. And I was like, so why aren't you wearing your garments? What, like, just what's your deal? To it, right? Yeah, to like, <laughs> we're, we're all thinking it. So like, so what, what are you doing? You know? And I think it opens up conversations for people to be vulnerable. And a lot of times I'll say like, you don't have to talk to me about this, but I'm going to ask. And if you don't feel comfortable, then you can just say I'm not comfortable or like, let's change the subject. Cause that's totally fine too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have great conversations and like even telling my friends, like a lot of people call me a cafeteria Mormon and that I'm fine with that. Like I pick and choose what I want and I live my religion, how I want to live my religion. And I've told a lot of people, okay, yeah, you don't believe in that, but that doesn't mean you have to leave the church completely. Like if you right. like the church and you like God and you like Jesus Christ and you feel comfortable at the LDS church and you have good friends there but you don't believe in paying tithing, tithing, (laughs) like, are you temples are wacko? Don't go to the temple. Don't get your temple. Like it really doesn't, it's not the end of the world, but if you love Jesus and you want to come to church, come to church. If you want a good religion to like raise your kids in or, or just a religion in general, and you feel comfortable at the LDS church, because that's where you've gone your whole life, then come. It doesn't need to take over your whole life. And it really, it used to be that way where religion and the LDS church took over your whole life. You did everything with the church, but now it's like, no, <laughs> right. come as you are, do what you want to do. Like our meetings are cut shorter, raise your kid. Like I do come follow me with my kids every morning and it, I teach them what I want to teach them. And if there's something that I don't like in the lesson, I'm like, you're going to probably hear this on Sunday, but here's my opinion on it. And I'm able to have these conversations with my kids and teach them in my home as well as at church, which is great. But like I'm teaching them on my own at home, what I want them to know about their relationship with Jesus Christ. And like a lot of times I'll say, now you guys go pray about it. Like, here's what I think, but you guys should go figure it out on your own. Go, go have your own really like your own relationship with Jesus Christ. Wow. I think just, you know, this, this last thing you've touched on just now, I think you've, you know, you're creating space for so many people, you know, because I think a lot of, you know, active members of the church and ex members of the church are guilty of this whole black and white thinking where like, okay, if you're not doing everything, then you need to just get out, you know, or if, or like, if you, don't do these little things, then you're not in, you know, like it's, there's so much black and white within the culture of the church. And I think you're just inviting room for so much gray area, which is, is really what life is. It's just a massive gray area. (laughs) So I, I think that that is just wonderful that, you know, that you, you know, you're a person that, that both, um, you know, has tattoos and, and teaches your kids come follow me. Like, 
I just, I think you're, you're doing some great stuff. Thank you. My mom hates it when I say this. And if she listens to this and she'll hate that I say this, <laughs> sorry, mom, <laughs> but I used, we always used to be taught that like you're on one side of the fence or the other, but I love straddling the fence. Mm-hmm. Like I love having one foot in and one foot out. Like <laughs> that's where I'm at. And I'm a clinger, you know, like they talk about the iron rod and like holding on to it and cleaving to it. I'm a clinger. Like I have a couple fingers on the iron rod and I'm trying my hardest, but like there's a couple things that I have my foot in somewhere else. And, and like, I like what you said, like the gray is becoming the norm and a lot of people are going to disagree with that. And they're going to be like, no, it can't be that way. But like, we've got to be more accepting to people and we just got to love people for where they're at and bring in as many people as we can because that's what Jesus would do he was with the people that were on the streets he was helping people like can we just help each other and love each other and not judge each other as much as we can because when the world gets rocked then none of that stuff matters like think of the people in Maui right now like they don't care what religion they're part of they're all just helping each other they're yeah. all loving each other. They're supporting each other. They don't care if they're Catholic or Buddhist or Mormon or Christian. They're one. And that's what's going to happen if we really believe that the second coming is coming or Jesus will come again or even the world is going to end, right? The mm-hmm. big bang theory, whatever, the world <laughs> will end eventually. Okay, but when, sorry, but like shit hits the fan, <laughs> like, like we're going to come together as one as people, no matter what religion we are. Let's just start loving each other and hugging each other and welcoming each other for who we are now. Not who we're going to be, not who we were, but who we are now. I love that. Yes, yes. And, you know, the the whole thing with, you know, the present, like who you are now, I think there's so much power in that. You know, within the church, it can be so easy to um, kind of lose yourself in the eternal perspective and um, detach from the now. Um, but, you know, the present is so powerful and um, it's the one thing we all have in common. You know, our beliefs about what comes after this life vary so much. But, you know, what we have in common is that we are all here now. So if we can, you know, take care of each other and love each other and, um not judge each other now, you know, that's, that's how we can connect and preserve relationships. Totally. I love it. Yeah. I love it too. Um, how has your perspective on the church evolved over time? I, I feel like I've kind of touched a little bit on it, but I don't feel like it's a, has to be take over your whole life kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Like I, I do believe in like giving your time and your effort to the church and like what you have to the church, but I don't feel like it should take over your life. I feel like back in the day, it was like church is number one and then work and then family. And Mm -hmm. right now I think we're changing to family should be your number one, which I feel like the church has also evolved to like, okay, it used to be like callings and all this stuff, but now it's like, put your focus on your family Mm -hmm. and I feel like that's the main thing that's evolved for me is that I've realized that like, I don't need to give every single moment of my life 
to the church. I need to give every single moment of my life to the Savior. I need to give all my time and effort to God. And that's completely different. Not to the church, but to God. And as I give all of my effort to the Savior or to Heavenly Father, and I say to God throughout the day, like, if you need a favor, I'm here. Let me know if there's anybody I can reach out to today. I feel like that's where my effort should be. And I feel like it. You, we got confused there a bit that we needed to give everything to the church, but it's we need to give everything to our Savior. He's giving. We need to in turn give everything to him. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. What a great focus. Yeah. Um, it's not easy. Not an no, easy thing, but isn't it, yeah. it's, you get caught up in life, but do more for the Savior or serving other people or loving other people or like cultivating that relationship. And I think we're going to be better off rather than like, okay, I have to go do ministering or I have to go do this church calling. Right. Yeah. 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 I think that's a great way to keep things in the right perspective. And um, yeah, and just keeping your focus on Christ. That's great. Um, So you can address this question on whichever side of the coin, you know, you'd like and feel comfortable with, but what advice or insights would you offer to people who are questioning their faith or considering leaving the church? I would say, hmm, <laughs> that's a little question too. It um, is. Oh, leaving the church or questioning the church. I would really consider what you're questioning and where that's coming from. Mm. Um, sit down and like really write it out. Where did that come from? Where did the thoughts come from? Are they from me? Are they from others? And then really dive into it and really learn as much as you can about what you're gonna leave for or what your questioning is. Like if it's about garments, really study the garments. What are the garments? Where did it come from? What's the history of the garment? You know, like really dive in and study before you're like, oh, I don't like that. I'm out. Right. Because leaving is really hard. Like it's they hard don't... And it's and you would, you know, you're giving up a lot, you know, yeah. by you're giving leaving. up a ton and family and friends and religion and what you've been taught and all that stuff. Like it's really hard to leave. So, but it's also really easy. A lot of people would probably say it's really leave and you feel great and happy and happier but before you leave really study what you're leaving for and if it's something you're passionate about and you feel like you, you can't be in a religion because of that then then go for it there's so many great religions out there there's so many good churches and non-denominational christian churches and there's so many good pastors i've i've been i've been fortunate enough to go to a lot of different denominations um i worked at a treatment center for seven years and every Sunday we went to a different denomination and I loved it. I loved learning tons of different religions and there's so many good churches out there. So don't feel like it's you're leaving the Mormon church and now you're leaving God and Jesus Christ. No, that's not what it is. Like if you're going to leave, there's other places you can go and raise your families too. But the church also has really great things too. And just because you disagree with one thing doesn't mean you need to like pack your bags and head on out. Right. I don't believe, yeah, I don't believe in 
or I don't agree with, or I guess believe you can say in a few things with the LDS church, but my core values align with what they teach. And I'm going to keep on keeping on until we'll see what happens. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah. And I, I love that you, you know, that piece of advice of just get informed, you know, don't just, you know, like my, in our, in last week's episode, my cousin said, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. You know, if you, you've, you know, you've worked so hard for this testimony that you have, and there's, there's so many good things in community within the church. Yeah. Make sure you, you do your research before you make any big decisions. Totally. Mm -hmm. Um, so I have just one last question for you and it's more of a open-ended, um, just suggestion. Like, would you, would you be, is there anything else that's come to your mind that you haven't shared that, that you'd want to share, or maybe, you know, your testimony, anything um, else that you want to touch on before we wrap it up? You know, I feel like our, our souls and our bodies are constantly fighting, right? Our souls know and our body. But as we like teach our and we remind our souls what they already know, then our bodies remember. Like our souls, our souls know. We just need to remind our bodies often. Um, but I, I'm grateful for the church, for people that I think that think that I have left. If you're listening, I have not left the church. <laughs> I'm still an active member of the church. I wear my garments with intention rather than obligation. Um, I am very grateful for, gosh, I'm grateful for the gospel. It was a really rough few years and I'm grateful that I was able to rebuild my foundation in Jesus Christ. I feel like it was kind of taken away for a second, but as I've trusted in the Lord, I've been able to rebuild that foundation and realize that like, he's never left me. I may have doubted or I may have been wishy-washy, but he's always been by my side. And I just feel like if we can remember that and remind our souls what they already know, our souls know, let's just remind them. And if you're lost, there's tons of people you can talk to. I feel like there's a lot of people that feel alone in this journey, but we're all on the same journey. So reach out to people and yeah, I'm, I'm just so grateful for the gospel. I'm grateful for my knowledge and I'm grateful for my faith. Oh, just so beautiful. Your, your faith is inspiring. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that. For having me and letting me talk for this whole hour. <laughs> of course. And yeah, thank you so much, Alyssa, for, for coming on and for sharing your faith and you know, the way that, that you live the gospel. And, um, I think it's been inspiring for so many, it will be for so many people that listen and, um, just help a lot of people feel like there's space for them in the church as well. Um, and thank you to everyone who listened today. I hope you'll stay tuned for our next episode and, um, we'll catch you in the next one. Mm -hmm.